Blog Talk Radio. and loved ones and haters. It's time for another edition of the Ruckus Podcast. I'm your host, Yandra LaBeouf, creator of BadCulture.net. Your source for boxing or some of boxing, depending on what you're looking for. So make sure you check it out. I'm joined by regular co-host Ryan Bivens, Sweet Boxing Rankings, and Ismael Abdusalam with Beatboxing Mayhem and New York Knicks Loyalist, NYK Loyalist. So make sure you're following all of them on Twitter. If you listen to this show, you probably already do. So that is great. If you don't, you should. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. We have a interesting fight weekend. We watched Keith Thurman underwhelm, which was very surprising, two fights in a row. Uh, we'll talk about his victory by stoppage and also Mauricio Herrera's victory by stoppage, Other another underwhelming victory. We'll talk about a possibility of Guillermo Rigondeaux versus Vasil Lomachenko. Mayweather is already in the camp, but we have no opponent. Carl Frosch is retiring. Jose Cito wants a... Another trainer, that's not going to help too much. We'll talk about Donnie Nietzsche's, um wins a decision over Francisco Rodriguez. We're on Cotto Canelo watch, Triple G. Allegedly, there's some rumor, something out there in the, in, the, in the universe about a Triple G fight versus Bernard Hopkins. Please make it stop. Uh, we'll talk about the weekend fights. Lucien Boutte, we got a lot. We got a lot, and I am in Los Angeles and fresh out of the hot, blazing sun that cast the light on the Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mares L.A. press conference today. So with that, let me bring in the gentleman. Let me start with Ryan Bivens. What's up, Ryan Bivens? On time and everything tonight. You know, I can't Really? I mean, you can, but are you? I'm not going to. Okay, that's excellent. You know, if you hear some interesting sound effects, I was racing back on this side of town from the Mara Santa Cruz press conference. So if you hear something crazy, I'm in one of my interesting satellite locations, like I usually do, and there's a guy in a white suit who keeps walking past me going, hallelujah, hallelujah. So if you hear all that, I'm not at church. I am just in one of my interesting locations, so pay that no mind. You might hear anything in the background. So let me bring in our other host, Ismail Abdusalam, Beats Boxing Mayhem. How are you doing? I'm doing great. The Knicks are 3-0 and in the Summer League. Just beat Lions uh, Sixers tonight. They beat uh, the Lakers, what, yesterday? So, Yo, three you, and you know so that far. league doesn't count, right? Hey, right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Knicks fan, so it's counting. Man, that don't count. That don't count. Summer League, ain't nobody worried about those counts. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, well, you know, we, we all three can commiserate with our team. So, you know, we got to take the victories where we can. So we have a lot to talk about. A lot more from last week. Last week we were fresh off of uh, a holiday, and I would like to apologize. To everyone who listened last week, 
especially our guy LRS, who wakes up in the middle of the night across tune in. He said we didn't sound like we wanted to be here, and you're right. You're right. So I promise <laughs> we would do better this week. We would have a lot more enthusiasm this week, which we do, and we've got a lot more to talk about, so that always is beneficial as well. So with that being said, let us kick off the evening. What shall we start off with? Do we want to recap last week's fight action, or do we want to talk new business? Or I'll let, I'll let Ismael decide. He hasn't been with us for a few weeks. I'll let him decide what we're going to start off with tonight. Uh, well, we might as well start with uh, the, the supposed big rumor of Mayweather, his uh, final fight being on CBS, and our man Berto getting the call. You know, that's the big rumor wow. that's going around so far. So, I know a lot of people are upset. Yeah, you know, people have been getting on Berto, but I look at it like, look, you know, there's been, what, Guerrero, we had Ortiz, you know, they've been getting the, the Mayweather jackpot off of Berto's name, so let Berto get some. I mean, there's nothing left for Mayweather to prove. This is basically a victory lap. If it's going to be on free TV, I don't have a problem with it. If it was pay-per-view, no, that's ridiculous. But CBS? No big deal. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm like, I like the idea of Floyd's final fight being on CBS, and I can stay my ass home. That's, uh, that's great. I won't have to purchase it. That is also great, although I haven't purchased a Floyd fight in, I don't know what, three years? So that's cool. Andre Bertel, you know what? I don't even give a damn that it's Andre Bertel, to be honest. I mean, as opposed to what? As opposed to Kareem Mayfield the fight could we want. Kareem Mayfield. It could be Harris Landy Lara. It could be Toriano Johnson. It could be <laughs> Amir Khan. Well, we we know Amir ain't get. We 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 know he just don't like Amir Khan. He, Amir ain't getting the fight. I, 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 don't, I don't have an issue with Toriano ain't getting that fight. I know. I just wonder how his name got to mix at all. He's not even with Hamish. I don't know. He. I don't know. I just, you know, you got to throw in a random name every so often. You know, Toriano likes to talk a lot. You know, just for his sake, I would throw his name in there. If you don't follow Toriano <laughs> Johnson on Twitter, you should, because he is highly entertaining. He's highly vocal. He wants his fight. He's not getting his fight. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess Toriano is funny. He's a funny character. If you haven't heard him on the show before, you should. But I don't know. What do you, Ryan, what do you think of a matchup with Floyd and uh, Andre Berto? Does it trouble you? Do you not give a damn at this point? What do you think about it? <laughs> I give no fucks right now about Floyd. None? Not even one? None. Not, not even Zero. one. Zero. <laughs> wow. Not so, half? He, he, look, he, he's going for 49-0, and he really don't need to be taking any risks because – uh, history has proven that this is a very, very easy to lose fight. So, you know, as long as it's not on pay per view, I really could care less about who he fights. Well, then maybe he should I'm fight looking... Rod Selka. <laughs> nah, that's a step too that's far. a dangerous fight. He don't want to take that. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying, you know, we don't want no risk or anything involved. Although I gotta, and I mean, I think back to when Rod was on the show. Rod had me hyped. Rod had me feeling like, you know what? He got a good strategy in there against Danny Garcia. <laughs> but I don't, you know, Andre Bertel, there could be worse. Andre Bertel, 
It's not well, fresh off surgery. Andre Bird not boring. Uh, you got to give him that. True. So I think True. we will be entertained. He lets his hands. He's not afraid to let his hands go. You know, he's coming off of that win off of uh, Jose Cito Lopez. As a result, Jose Cito is in the uh, mix looking for a new trainer now. So, you know, Andre Berto got him reevaluating his whole life. I don't know. Listeners, what do you think? Call in and talk to us. Uh, the call-in number, I did not announce it. I'm so sorry, as if you don't know it, is 718-508-9852. Let us know what you think. The, the, the one that. thing that, that makes me think that Berto actually has a chance of getting the fight is he ain't said shit on Twitter. Not a <laughs> goddamn thing. That, that has the concern. Because, <laughs> you know, ever, ever, like a guy like Freeman Mayfield, oh, he was all over that shit. <laughs> Making a campaign and everything, putting up, uh, like, images, uh, like posters of him and Floyd. He's mad hype. But so you knew he wasn't getting it. But um, and, you know, Kai, you know, he always running his mouth. You know, so you know, he's not getting it out of there because you know he he's he ungrateful. <laughs> but Berto, Berto, silent. He ain't said shit. So Nothing. maybe has he been posting anything on the ground? You know, he's more of a ground type of dude. You know, he likes to be half naked on the ground. So I have not checked uh, in with him on Instagram. Yeah, if anybody you know could let us know. You know, while Ryan is uh, searching the ground for gratuitous pictures of Andre Berto, let me take this moment. Tonight's show is sponsored by uh, upcoming – we have a filmmaker who is releasing a, a movie called The Boom Boom Girls, and The Boom Boom Girls of Wrestling. And what it is is the first female solo slasher in film history, and it combines sports drama – and thriller with WWE elements. 75% of the cast and crew are female, and they are partially funded right now, but they're doing a Kickstarter to to raise what they need to finish off this WWE slasher film. I'm going to be tweeting out the link if you would like to support a film that's one you know that's near and dear to my heart as a, a small business owner who is female. You know, check out. You might want to see a slasher film with chick wrestling. I bet you some hot women in there. So I'm going to tweet out the link, so make sure you support it. I'll be announcing it again later in the show. So thanks to them for sponsoring tonight's show. Support their Kickstarter. You know, every little bit helps. Support small business. But anyway, back to Andre Berto. Anything on the ground for Andre Berto? Uh, he looks quiet on the ground, too. Oh, yeah. See, whenever fighters who talk a lot and social media suddenly go silent, we should be weary. Okay, five, five days ago on the ground, he puts a picture of himself in the gym, and he says he's mm-hmm. hungry, no fight date, no opponent, just ain't ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think, Ismail. What has history taught you about fighters who go silent all of a sudden who are normally quite uh, talkative in social media? Well, it normally means they're, they're trying will. to handle some type of business, so that leads me to believe that they're at least deep in negotiations. And it's kind of funny because, you know, a couple people, you know, on Twitter over the last couple months would always say, oh, Floyd's afraid to fight a, a young, hungry black fighter, yada, yada, yada. So, hey, here you go. <laughs> if, I can, if, I can, if I can play a little conspiracy theory, let us not forget the last time I was in Vegas, 
whatever this last time I was, I, I forgot why I was there. Was I there for the Floyd fight? I must have been. No, yeah, yeah, I was for the last Floyd fight versus. Um, it was oh, that bad. You forgot. Manny Pacquiao. Wow. Now I'm very serious. She fought Manny Pacquiao. I really, really had a brain freeze. I was about to say, my wow. God. I totally, Yo, I totally wiped that. Really I totally wiped I mean, I, and I'm being dead serious. I'm not even being funny or shady. I could not remember who Floyd fought last. Wow. Anyway, let us not forget <laughs> because YouTube tells us, though, that when I was in the lobby talking to Virgil Hunter, Al Heyman walked up in my video and was making chummy chummy with Virgil Hunter. At the time, I was like, maybe he's making chummy chummy about Amir Khan because we know Andre Ward is not going to be fighting any Heyman fighters. So I interpreted that as him fighting maybe Amir Khan, but maybe that was the secret howdy-doody, let's talk about Andre Berto. Like I said, as long as it's not pay-per-view, I don't care. How many how many people do you think will watch that on CBS? Everybody. Uh, free. Yeah, if they're going to build it as his last fight and hype it up like that, then, you know, I'm also factoring, oh, he's going for the record or going to tie the record with Marciano. They hype all that up. It should do pretty good numbers. Really good, actually. He's probably, he's probably going to do excellent numbers because imagine the amount of commercials that are going to want to advertise during Floyd's last fight. It'll be like Super Bowl. They could sell ads. Face. I mean, they probably can't. It's probably not going to be as lucrative as the Super Bowl, but probably surpassing anything he's made on pay-per-view. You know, they could sell 30-second spots. They could do commercials between every round. They could sell 30-second spots for like two, three, four hundred thousand. Every 30 seconds, we know Floyd going to go to distance. We know Floyd ain't knocking nobody out. And if he fights somebody like Andre Berta, we can be assured of 12 boring round. So that means multiply five and let's say a million between rounds over twelve rounds, twelve million Floyd will probably say I get all that. And then whatever pre fight and post fight and then you see and is being broadcast to eight hundred gajillion places all over the growth because it is free. I don't know. I don't know. Where's my Heyman video? Let me tweet that out to remind the people of our conspiracy theory that we think that Al Heyman was given Virgil Hunter the, hey, dog, maybe we ought to make this Mayweather-Virto fight. So who do we put on know. the undercard? Or do we have a televised undercard? Of course we're they putting Leo Santa fight. Cruz on the I undercard. Oh. Hmm. Let's see. What, let me tweet that. Was Virgil letting us know that Berto got the fight in this video. You don't mess around, Heyman's going to get that video removed. Copyright reason. Well, after everybody gets finishes finishes watching it, then we can have it removed. Just make sure YouTube cuts me my check, and then we'll be good to go. Okay, I was in a public lobby, and he walked up into my frame. I didn't chase him down like paparazzi or anything. I was there. Minding my own little business, harassing Virgil Hunter, and Virgil didn't seem to have a problem with me harassing. So we will see. We will see. But anyway, we don't really give a shit at this point. Um, 
we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. They know damn well who Floyd is fighting. Floyd all of a sudden pop up in camp. We're past Jan- the Fourth of July. We found out about other opponents early July. So we on Floyd watch 2015, the final countdown. So we'll figure out who we get pretty soon. Uh, I don't know. What's going to announce the damn opponent? It's getting kind of late. I mean, I can't imagine Every- it going all the way to August. Nah, they were Everybody saying maybe who, the next week. Because you know Fight Hype has it too, so they were talking next week. We'll probably hear something. But you know what? Think about it. If it's going to be on regular broadcast TV, they don't really have to sell it. They don't have to do media campaign and all that. They don't do that shit. This is Floyd's last fight, and if he's, and if he's fighting an, a, a non-A-list opponent, because there obviously isn't any, all he has to do is come on during um, what sport is hot right now? During the U.S. Open, he can come on during the U.S. Open. That's broadcast on CBS, isn't it? And say hi. I'm Floyd Mayweather. Tune in on September, whatever the second week of September is, and watch me fight my final fight against insert name here. It's gonna be the the fight to to shut down my illustrious career. Tune in on CBS, and that'll be it. With Les Moondez in the background doing the Birdman hand rush. Uh, I hope the commercial's better than that. <laughs> I don't think so. It's probably going to be done in front of a green screen and everything because we know we don't need them both in the video because don't nobody give a shit about watching Andre Berto fight Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> so it's not like they got to do. It's, it's not like they got to do a big epic production like they did the commercial with Pacquiao. And I must admit, that was a pretty tight little spot, how they did that with the whole Titans, with the Vegas in the background. You think Andre Bird will get all that? Nah. All they need is Floyd in the commercial for 15 seconds reading some cue cards, <laughs> and we will get the fight. And that's it. Bird will, will be lucky if he... If Bird will be lucky if he even gets on the side of the MGM. It'll be just Floyd and then Andre Berto like a footnote at the bottom. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, you know see, there we go. On Bert, Depending look, on the look, odds for the fight. Put the hundred on Bert. Here we go, y'all. The baby is already crying. Amir Khan just tweeted, heard it's Berto. Good luck to my boy Berto. He's a good kid regardless. See? And this right here is why Amir Khan can't have nice shit. Because he doesn't know when to <laughs> shut up. My God, you're crying already. We haven't even... Did you get anything from Sports and Communications? Gentlemen, thanks. Hello, everyone. Lloyd is ready to announce his opponent. Please tune in on Monday at 12 noon, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for a press conference with Leonard Ellaby and Floyd Mayweather. Did you get an email that says either of those things? Well, you know, ironically, you just jogged my memory. I didn't get anything from Swanson, but you remember before the Madonna fight was announced, it was Khan that got on Twitter and actually, oh, yeah. quote unquote, Khan, broke the news. Khan breaks the news for sure Mayweather's opponents. He always does. <laughs> Khan is a mess. Khan is such He's always a trying baby. To he is such a baby. That's why he don't, he can't have nice shit. And Andre Bird, man, that's gonna be a tense ass gym. Roberto might wanna, man. Khan might give Berto the Scooby-Doo treatment. You know how the people, you know, knock somebody out and stuff them in the closet and take their place? Khan might give Berto the Scooby-Doo and, you know, paint himself in some dark brown makeup and come out to the ring like, hello, I'm Andre Berto, and, you know, try to take his place. Berto better be careful. He might get the, the Nancy Kerrigan. 
You might get the Tanya Hardy, Nancy Kerrigan, and get popped on his knee in the middle of the night. I'm just saying, a desperate man does desperate (laughs) things, and they train in the same house. Don't eat the food, Andre Bertle. Andre, Andre, don't eat the food. Don't eat nothing. Con, don't eat no. Don't eat anything. Don't eat any. Don't eat any bread. Don't eat any fries. Don't eat anything. Don't eat anything. Con, if his if his wife's having a potluck, don't eat it. Mm-mm. Well, you know, Con, he'll, he's going to he'll insert himself into the promotion because he'll go with the whole angle. I'm going to prepare my boy. I know the blueprint on how to beat Floyd. I'm going to get him ready. <laughs> Probably walk him to the ring. Khan will be involved. He'll he'll make sure his presence is known no matter what. Do you think maybe we'll get Khan Thurman? That would be, uh, be a great undercard fight. Well, you know what Thurman is talking about. He wants to fight Brooks. Surprisingly. Well, he, he, he still wants to fight Khan too. He'll, look, he'll fight any of the top guys. I think at this point. I would be very shocked if Khan to fight Thurman, because he had a chance before to fight Thurman, and he went with uh, Algeria. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is true, but I think the stage is a little bigger. Yep, yep. This ain't no PBC fight. This ain't Spike. You know, this is CBS. And now, if they put Con Thurman on the undercard, I, I'm going to go to meet him. I'm going to re... I'm going to take back what I said about not going to Vegas for Floyd's final fight, and... I'm gonna go out there for that. So somebody get your couch ready for me to crash on, because I'm gonna I'll go out there for that. We know. Do you uh, even believe this will be Floyd's last fight? Because I don't think so. I've seen him fighting at least two more times after September. I, you know what? I don't know because. Yeah, I could, I can see your point. You know, he says a lot of things, and then he goes and does the exact opposite, like the whole fiasco with, you know, he might fight the fight and look great in the fight against Berto, which is likely if it's Berto, and say, you know what, I'm going to give it one more again. I'm going to give it one more fight, and it still won't be Khan, and Khan will be crying again. <laughs> It'll be I like think he loves, he loves money too much, and it's like he knows none of these welterweights out there can do anything with him. So it's basically just getting easy money every time out. I think that's what will make him come back and fight a few more times, especially, like you mentioned, if Khan and Thurman fight on the end of the card and Thurman knocks him out, like most people would think, in a spectacular mm-hmm. fashion. But, oh, you know, Thurman finally raised his profile enough where I know that fight can be another lucrative fight for me and one I'm going to be favored to win. Well, which brings us to a lovely segue into our next topic. Let's talk about Keith Thurman. Now, we, I, you know, I must say, I, I'm a little bandwagony of when it comes to Keith Thurman. You know, I enjoy Keith Thurman. He got a pass for me. He definitely clearly won the fight against Leonard Bundu. Didn't look spectacular in the fight, but clearly dominated the fight. Had no difficulty defeating them, but it wasn't as exciting as some of his earlier matchups. Now, we get into this fight with Louis Colazzo. He was doing pretty good in the opening rounds, rounds one, two, three, four. Colazzo's walking him down, giving him that work, landing to the body, folding him up in the corner, and, and, and gave us a little scare there for a second. Can you imagine if Louis Colazzo had beaten Keith Thurman on this TBC card? But I was just a little surprised at Thurman's poor defense in that fight. When it in with regards to defending his body, I'm gonna throw it over to Ryan first. Thurman's performance, defense is it a flaw? Did Colasso get a lucky shot? You know, what did you make of that fifth and sixth round that gave us the scare? 
Um, I think he's changed his style. He used to be a, a boxer puncher. Now he's just a boxer. The guy is always, you know, on the move. Um, you know, not he doesn't sit down on his punches. You know, he just kind of wings them uh, while he's in motion and keeps going. So he, he's just really trying not to get hit. And I think that might be because he's fighting guys that, you know, that more dangerous if they land punches now. Um, so this could be a, you know, kind of a huge problem for promoting him because, you know, he, his name is one time. And he's, he's not going to one time anybody fighting the way he's fighting now. And now he's, he, honestly, that last fight with Colazzo, he looked a lot like Americon the way he fought. You know, a lot of circling, you know, just uh, throw a combination and get out of there. You know, um, I guess the only thing that there wasn't Americon S was, was the clinching. And, and and because he didn't clinch, it's probably why he got messed up to the body in the first place. So. <laughs> what do you think, Ismael? Style change, is that the reason for the not as dominant Keith Thurman? Because typically we see fighters lose their dominance when they change weight classes, change trainers, not about that life in the off season. What's <laughs> happening with Thurman right now? What's happening is really just kind of a step up in competition. And just like Ryan said, that's what's causing a lot of these issues. And see, here's something I find really ironic. You know, he really was trying to push for the Medana fight. And I think it's a blessing in disguise that he didn't fight that Medana that ended up fighting Floyd because Medana, based on what we're seeing now from Thurman, is all wrong for him. Medana has the chin, he has the pressure, and he has the size and the power, which Thurman really is showing he can't deal with at this point. You know, you go after him and you can withstand his power. It's like he doesn't have the inside games. Like you mentioned, he tries to jump in and out or move laterally to get away with his hands down, and he doesn't have reflexes like that to do that, and he gets caught in a lot of cases. You know, Guerrero was catching him. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. I mean, you know, you're a boxer, you're going to get hit. So I was impressed the fact that he was able to recover and still get back to business. But it was Louis Colazzo. <laughs> he didn't have any business getting hurt that badly. Um He's talking about he wants to fight Brooke. I favor Brooke in that matchup. I'm thinking more so he might need somebody like a, a Sean Porter next that does have the size and does have the pressure but doesn't quite have the boxing ability. That's someone yeah, I think he can I look good against. Yeah, he should be able to look good against that, but he'll still have to work for it. I think if he fights Brooke now... Uh, I, I don't think he'll look good. good. Like, he didn't, he didn't look good against Bundu, you know? I mean, he, he, he won't fight. But, but, and I think Porter is just like a, a bigger, stronger... Just younger, much younger version of Leonard, Leonard Bundu. So I, I couldn't imagine Thurman looking good. But I, I do expect the fight to be thrilling, though. Like, I, I could see both of them hurting each other, and it, it could be pretty close. Do you guys think that his eye is going to be a problem? Because I know it's just still dark, you know, where he had that issue where he got the butt from um, Guerrero. And it's like he still has, like, that dark bag under his eye. He didn't get hit enough for it to swell or anything. But I'm wondering if he starts getting hit in that area, is his eye going to swell up and be a problem? Oh, he's just light-skinned. He all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it could be. It could be scar tissue. It depends on the frequency in which he fights. You know, if he has a quick turnaround and he fights once again in September, luckily for him, Colazzo didn't really land to his face, so it's not an issue. I don't know. 
I would hate that in the months leading up to the bout, we get a last minute, oh, you know, he had to pull out, he got hurt at camp, blah, blah, blah. Oh, if he speaking fights, of hurt, you just, you just reminded me of something. Weren't they saying something about his left hand possibly being hurt? He didn't elaborate on that too much in the post-fight interview. Mm, but um, I, I remember they were mentioning that he wasn't throwing that many jabs or hooks with his left hand, and they were mentioning it might be a little hurt. That's something to look into. I mean, he didn't mention anything about it, but I meant to watch the fight again and notice if he um, was favoring that hand in. Mm, I don't. Oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, um, let's see. But according to ESPN's Teddy Atlas, the ringside color analyst for PBC Thurman, had hurt his left hand in training. So training. I don't know. He what know. He... he interviewed him. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know to what extent. He hurt his hand, but against a guy like Khan, you know, you meet Khan pretty fast. I think Khan wins the the fire drill. You know, he outguns him fairly easily. He's not as slow as Devin Alexander. Well, Devin's not even slow. Let me rephrase that. Thurman, I think, would be a little quicker on the draw than Devin Alexander, but Khan is has hand speed is superior to both of them. Power. Yeah. Eh, um, I say Devin. I, I say Devin has the same speed. It's just Devin waits too much, and Thurman is is first more often. So that that would be the difference. But just just rewinding the, the 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 time back a little bit briefly about the Devin Alexander Thurman fight. Again, complete annihilate. Why? Why? Why do you think Devin fought like that? Why did he fight that that slow fight? Do you think sir, <laughs> that, that's how he fights? That's just his style. He's he's, he's a counterpuncher. <laughs> he's he's really just he he can't be that aggressive because he doesn't punch that hard. And um, I mean he's this is a guy that's been fighting all his life. You know, since he was a little kid as an amateur. You know, his his style is like you know kind of locked in. He just can't really change much at this point. Mm. And speaking of social ah. media, did you guys see on um, – it was during the night of the fight, Devin Alexander was talking about uh, that Keith okay, Thurman he... is overrated. No, he said he was overrated. Really? As opposed to himself? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't exactly. think anybody is, is uh, rating Devin that highly anymore. Devin probably but there, there was somebody else that was talking about Thurman that night. Remember uh, – what's my man's name? Uh – Drawing the blank. Earl Spence. You know, he said he killed Thurman while he was watching yeah. the fight after that fifth Spence. round. Spence, Spence and Adrian Broner, that's what I want on Mayweather's undercard. <laughs> oh, you just want to get rid of Broner, Bron- uh, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. The ba- the, 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 they call it the battle for little bro. <laughs> oh, well, seems like Spence already got that battle. You know, he's... Mayweather's talking about he wants uh, Spence to fight, uh, what, Thurman next, and he's ready for all the big-time opponents and everything. Do you think that's moving too quickly, or do you think based on the skill set he can handle that? Um, I think that the police are on uh, DeAndre's uh, back right now. Police and the fire department. They're Berto and um, Alexander fans. That's why they're coming over here. <laughs> I tell them, I don't, don't know. mind. Don't um, mind my sound effects. What was the question again? I got distracted. Oh, do you think Spence, does he need to go the normal, oh, right, slow right. PBC route? Or can he just um, jump into a, you know, a top five opponent? 
you know, it like a Roberto Garcia, that was the appropriate interim fight before he fought like, you know, a legit guy. So since he mm-hmm. backed out, uh I guess they should go with a guy like Josito Lopez, um, Robert Guerrero, um you know, that that maybe a Larry Bundu, you know, kinda of, kinda of that caliber of opponent. And uh, I, I definitely, you know, one of those fights, you know, see how he looks and then put him in there with with, with one of the top guys. I say grow him properly. They don't have to grow him at a snail's pace like Gary Russell Jr. They don't have to give him tomato cans like Leo Santa Cruz, but at least put him through some type of appropriate development. I'm tired of um but I don't know. Is it why do you think they rush these young fighters along so quickly nowadays? Is it because the talent pool is so weak? And they're looking for that next great hope? Sometimes guys, you know, don't really develop fighting at a low level. Like Saddam Ali, for example, he was fighting, you know, really, really low competition for such a long time, and he was he was looking bad. And all of a sudden, you know, they just threw him in there with um with that, that Argentinian guy. Um, what's his name? Abreu. Abreu. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Abreu. And uh, yeah, people thought he was going to catch a fade in that fight because it was just like such a big step up, and like he he looked like he lost his fight before that against like somebody nobody ever heard of. But you know he rose to the occasion, you know, because he finally you know was presented with a challenge, and you know it made him train and prepare properly for the fight because it's it's hard to get up for fights that you know you know you're going to win. It's just it's, it's difficult for people, you know. But not everybody is fully Mayweather when it comes to preparing for a fight. Um, <laughs> I'd say more more people are like Chris Ariola than they are like Floyd Mayweather. You know, <laughs> you, you need you need proper you need you need proper motivation for a fight. So, um, yeah, you know, you got you got to move these guys along at some point. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just can appreciate development a little more. You know, I, I don't have a lot of respect for people who are just handed things. It's like Vasyl Lomachenko. I'm sure Vasyl Lomachenko is a talented fighter, obviously, two-time Olympic gold medalist. But I just, I can't have that same respect for someone who just gets handed things. Work for it, shit, in any aspect of life. Go through, you know, go through the motion. If you're really that good, you're young. How old is Earl Spence? Like what, twenty three, twenty four years old? He's a kid. He is a child. Let him make his way. How many professional fights have he even had? Let me let me look at his box rec real quick. I just I'm I have say more he, he's over twenty now. I think nineteen or twenty. You know, so look at twenty two years. Not even, 20, he's not even you know twenty five. moving the fastest. Um, of all the 2012 Olympians, Rasheen Warren is the one who's jumping the quickest. Mm. And no, nobody even knows who Rasheen's fought at this point, but his next fight <laughs> is literally for, like, you know, the super WBA championship in the bandweight division. Mm. He, he's, he's fighting the guy that, that uh, finally dethroned uh, uh, Camito Moreno. So he's jumping way up there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I can't. I don't know. I just, I prefer to watch a champion cultivated. Floyd didn't get title shots right out the gate. Pacquiao didn't get title shots right out the gate. Hell, Floyd, even. Floyd, Floyd got a world title shot pretty quick, actually. 
Yeah, also not right out the gate, but they were getting their titles, you know, I think a little less than two years into their career. Yeah, yeah, like a year and a half for Floyd. Well, so here's a, you know, when you're when you're uh, medalist in the Olympics, you know, stuff is supposed to come faster. Yeah, it's not an exact science depending on who it is, but it's like some guys can move quicker because you know they got the talent and they got the mind and the discipline to actually handle that early on. You know, everybody's not a broner, thankfully, where they can't handle all that quickly and it starts going to their head. But some fighters, you know, Casa Zoo was another one. He got his first title in less than 10 fights. Mm. But less so everybody's three. different. Yeah, true, true. So, you know, just uh, before we move on from Thurman, um, 0.1 million viewers watching Thurman versus Colazzo on the uh, inaugural broadcast of PBC on ESPN. I don't know what to compare that against because they never would make public the numbers for regular Friday night fights, so I don't know if that's, you know, spectacular or what. That is more than the Spike broadcast when he beat, no, when he fought Guerrero, that was four million, four million million interviews. So, uh, you know, I don't know, too much, too much PBC, too much. I need a break. I need a break from PBC. Not so much. What do you, do you, Ryan, 1.1 million down from 4 million. Is it the fault of the broadcast or the fault of the matchup? No, that's that's the bro, both. But mostly the broadcast. ESPN doesn't bring in that many viewers, like ever. Um, uh, did this? It still was more, or more than that, than the typical Friday night fights, you know, broadcast. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just to be expected. ESPN is, you know, it's a grade below CBS. Like the scale, mm-hmm. ESPN, CBS, uh, NBC, as far as the, the networks, the PBC is on. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> you know, the, some certain fights are going to ESPN. Um, I, I honestly don't. Um, like, for instance, Abner Mars and Leo Santa Cruz, uh, <laughs> you know, only a, a, a million people in change are going to watch that fight on ESPN. And yet, I think they could have had, I don't know, 700,000, 800,000 people watching on Showtime, you know, and been paid. <laughs> So, okay, so, so then riddle me this. Riddle me this. Why does ESPN perform so poorly in the boxing landscape if ESPN, as an entity, is looked to like the premier location for sports news? And it's free. Why does ESPN, well, ESPN consistently compare? You know, com, you know, why do they perform so poorly? Well, think about all the sports shows that they have, you know, when they run, like you mentioned, the news shows and everything that they run. How much do they talk about boxing on these shows? You know, it's primarily yeah. baseball at this point. They're gearing up for the NFL. You know, before a couple months ago when the NBA was still going on in the finals, it was the NBA. So anytime boxing gets mentioned outside of Mayweather Pacquiao, it's almost, you know, a blip on their top ten countdown if you get a good knockout. And that's about it. So. Yeah. You know, ESPN well, isn't really like driving it's not like the boxing coverage. It's not like HBO and Showtime spends an, an exorbitant amount of time talking about boxing. They don't do any – HBO does a little bit more boxing-dedicated programming than Showtime, but they consistently perform better, and that's premium TV. 
So that whole the mm-hmm. whole idea this uh, free free boxing for all that they're shoving down our throats now at the presser today. The Corona girls are throwing out T-shirts with the ha- hashtag free boxing for all and uh, gratis gratis boxeo para todos T-shirts out in the crowd. It doesn't matter if it's free if people aren't watching it. You know, it's a lot of shit that's free. That don't mean I want it. You know, I'm looking at a cup right now on the ground. Ooh, it's free because it doesn't belong to anybody. Do I want to get out of my car and go get it? No. This Sometimes, you know, the value is with what you pay for. That's what I was going to say. They normally say, like, if you have a business and you have a product that's not doing well, they say the worst thing that you can do is actually to reduce the price because that makes it seem mm-hmm. cheaper in the public size. So it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. that's going on now. Like you just mentioned with the whole free campaign, it's like, okay, if it's free, you know, what type of mattress am I getting? Is it really worth me watching? I don't think they've really, exactly. it's still early. You know, it's still less than a year. I always try to remind people that. So it's going to be trial and error. But they really haven't, I think, had anything that's going to capture people's imagination. Like, I need to watch this. or I need to see this guy develop. I need to see so-and-so's next fight. Because you remember when Tyson was coming up, his preliminary early fight that were on network TV, people were invested in it. They were invested in his story and watching him get these knockouts, you know, getting, you know, 10, 15 KO streaks and seeing his development into a champion. They haven't really found anybody that people are willing to invest in like that. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the best things in life are not free. Once again, you are listening to the Ruckus Podcast brought to you by BadCulture.net. Giandra LaBeouf. Ismail Dussalam, Ryan Bivens, the squad holding it down for you, bringing you the latest in boxing news. You know, a lot of people are championing, championing the idea that PBC is free, yet based on these numbers of this fight that was just broadcast on ESPN, 1.1 million viewers versus the 4-point-something million viewers when Thurman fought Guerrero on Spike, also a free channel. But oh, no, is there NBC. really a value? That was on NBC. Oh, or, or, sorry. I'm sorry. On NBC, which is free. Is there really any value in promoting a product as free? Because just because it's free doesn't mean anybody necessarily wants it. You know, think about all the times you've passed on the street and somebody tried to give you something. You're like, oh, no, thank you. That's your automatic reflex. When someone hand tries oh. to hand you something, whether it's a flyer or a, a lollipop, is the it thing, is there really value in it being free? I think there's value in it down the stretch because Heyman owns internet rights to all these fights. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. have to talk it over with any of the networks. So I think he's putting together, you know, kind of uh, an archive of on-demand fights that you can watch online um, at some point, and that could be very profitable. But think about it. How many PBC fights that have taken place do you want to go back and watch? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is the problem. Um, hopefully they I mean, they this get ain't no, more this entertaining ain't no fights. I, I you know, think they, ain't. look, they, the, but they've been matching their guys pretty tough, I think, on um, on, on these shows for the most part. Uh, it's just uh, the results have, have not quite gone the way they wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll table that for now. Well, that's a whole. We could do a whole show on that. But before we wrap up that up, the PBC card. Let's talk about Willie Nelson. What the hell? Willie Nelson <laughs> comes back from the dead 
to knock out Tony Harrison. I wish I could have been more vested in the Twitter when this was going down, but I was at the, the Herrera fight. We were streaming it, watching it, but and we were like, ooh, ooh, you know, but we're still trying to watch the fights that are going on where we are. So talk to me, gentlemen. I haven't even had a chance. I didn't even get a chance to really go back and watch this card in peace in my home. Talk to me about Nelson versus Harrison. Ismail, kick it off. Well, you know, Harrison, he has kind of positioned himself as, you know, the cocky young up-and-coming fighter, the one to watch. You know, I used to get a lot of stuff from Swanson. Hey, do you want to interview him? He's really great, yada, yada, yada. So I can kind of see where they were trying to go with him. Uh, he got a you know a couple of knockouts on fights that were supposed to be distance fights to get him experience. So the thinking was, you know, even though Nelson hadn't been knocked out before, that he can be hurt, he can be wobbled, he's a little chingy, so Harrison shouldn't really have any problems with him. Um, it was a tactical fight after the first couple rounds that were interesting, so it kind of lulled people to sleep. And I think in a sense, Harrison got lulled to sleep, and that's why he ended up getting knocked out because, you know, Nelson, he stayed focused. You always got the impression that he was looking to time him, but you really didn't think he would have the power to just drop him the way he did. And, I mean, he was a veteran. He stayed there. He didn't go anywhere like Harrison's opponents normally do when he hits them. I don't know if he was um, not particularly ready for that, but it's a classic case of a veteran that was just a little too wily for a younger fighter. So really happy for Nelson. I think him and J-Rock would be a good fight next being that um, J-Rock is kind of looking to build himself up with, you know, he's already fought some, you know, tough competition. But somebody coming off a good, solid win on TV, I think would be really good for him. So that's the logical fight. As far as what Harrison does, we're probably not going to see him for a while, not because he's a bad fighter, but really kind of what do you do with him? Like, who do you put him in with next that warrants an actual televised fight? And there's just so many fighters in PBC. It's like when you take a loss like that, you're really just on the back burner. There's really nothing you can do about it. Uh-huh. Um, he used to be with Jack Lowe, who pretty much just told him to jab, jab, jab. And he didn't really tell you much on uh, technique. <laughs> so I saw a different fighter. I thought he fought well the whole fight, even though I thought he was clearly losing. Like he was, you know... He wasn't bothered too much by anything that the Harrison was doing, and he he always kept his composure. Um, uh, as the fight got to the later rounds, you, you could tell that Harrison was kind of kind of fading, and, and and Nelson, you know, he was he was still going at at the same kind of you know gear that he started the fight with, and then you know he eventually just called him, and you know, that was all she wrote. Um, he, he probably knows him because he, his defense was on point the whole fight. Like he, he was getting outpointed, but he wasn't getting hit with like you know hard, crisp, clean shots. You know, he, he kept his damn hands up for once. You know, he, he didn't leave his chin out to track. You know, this guy's always getting clips. Um, he got clipped by that guy. Uh, what was it, Luciano Cuello? <laughs> you know, um, he just you know the defense has always been kind of suspect in the past, and you know, he puts it together for this fight, and he needs to because you know this guy you know, was coming in, he was knocking everybody out, and uh, I mean, he just he came in for a surprise, you know, because he, he he definitely wasn't fighting the, the Willie Nelson that he he was expecting to fight. This, I mean, Tony uh, perhaps uh, shouldn't have stepped up this far in the first place. But I think if he had fought 
a, a you know a, a usual version of Willie Nelson. He still would have you know had enough to get him out of there, uh, or or at least you know win a wide decision because he, he probably should have knocked him down a few times. So you know I just he, he called that break. You know he's I think he's still a legitimate prospect. I mean you know, I like his character too. You know, he's very respectful of of you know um, his past. You know he's a relative of um, Henry Hank. And he said, you know, if if I can be half as good as he was, um, you know, that I'll do great in the sport. You know, that was that was a great thing to say. Um, and most people don't even have a clue who Henry Hank is today. Uh, he's a middleweight contender back, you know, when Dick Tiger was champion, by the way. Uh, so, and that was the golden age for middleweight division. Like, you know, it was 20 times better than this right now. But I digress. Um, <laughs> Tony Harrison is, um, he'll be back. Um, his, his confidence is probably crushed at the moment, but um, yeah, I, I think you know, give him a, give him a couple soft touches, perhaps off TV, and uh, you know just get him back in there, you know, because I, I did I, I like what I saw, like um, I, I thought he did he 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 boxed well, he just he was just a little too too you know kind of uh, what do you call it uh, tense in his nerves. Like you could tell, like there, there was nervous energy being spent as he was fighting. He just just wasn't nearly as relaxed as, as Willie Nelson was, and I think that was the deciding factor as to why Willie, you know, didn't get tired and he did. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't have much to add on it because I didn't get to really immerse myself in the fight. I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch it, so I will think you all just said I agree one hundred percent. Well, I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know about Ryan. You know, Ryan comes flying in from another planet sometimes, so I don't know about him from Planet Philly. But uh, but in this case, it sounds good. Sounds good. Um, let us move on. Let us move on from. Uh, oh, um, really they up. they kind of messed up. Uh, speaking of Philly, they messed up J Rock's money with that fight because he was supposed to, you know, fight Harrison. Had Harrison come out of that. Oh. Hmm. Well, there we that go. Would have been a bad night go. for Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. Tony, he wanted to be J Rock. <laughs> so. Uh, he might have. He might have got lucky with, with that loss. Yeah, sometimes some some fades are better than others. All right, well let's move on. Let's talk about hmm. Let's talk about well, since we're talking about Planet Philly, let's talk about Hank Lundy versus uh, Mauricio Herrera. Now, oh, no, do we have to? I'm he got Ryan to. Herrera finally got that elusive Look, win. I'd rather, I'd rather just call Hank and tell him to come on the show. <laughs> call him. You know what? That's a great idea. Hit him, hit him on Twitter and tell him to come on the show. You know, I didn't even get the official announcement of the outcome because when the referee stopped the fight, I thought Hank won. And I was working for Boxing Channel that night, and if you would like to see my video, please visit BoxingChannel.com. I'm sorry, BoxingChannel.tv, and you can see the interviews that I did with uh, Joe Del Diaz, Hank Lundy, and Mauricio Herrera. I literally had to run in my heels chasing Mauricio Herrera down through the arena, and Hank Lundy, the same thing. They wouldn't let me interview him one-on-one, so we had to shoot the video with a cell phone. What kind of shit is that? But anyway, yeah, let Hank. I thought Hank won the fight, so we hurried with the camera crew to get outside the locker room, to catch them fresh out the ring. And, Hank, if you've heard Hank on the show or you've ever seen Hank in public, you know he is never at a loss for words. So I think you're right. 
I thought he was winning the fight. I'd have to go back and watch the fight on TV. Ismael, what did you think of uh, Lundy versus Herrera? Since Ryan is over there in Philly suicide, Bill. <laughs> well, you know, that first round, you know, Lundy came out determined. I was like, oh, man, he might get uh, Herrera out of there. And then, you know, as the rounds progressed, we didn't get many rounds, but the rounds after that, Herrera started to settle down a little bit, started to, um, you know, work the body a little bit, slow Hank down somewhat. But it was still early. You know, the fight can change two and three times. So I was still really looking to see who was going to actually take a foothold in the fight because at that point it was still pretty even to me um, sure. before the cuts happened and the fight had to be stopped. So there's really not too much you can really gauge from it because it ended so soon. But, you know, Herrera just did a little bit more, I guess, activity-wise to impress the judges and get the win. I was more surprised about what he said afterwards, talking about Herrera saying he wanted to fight Matisse. Um, yeah, that, it's for most of us to talk and say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'll be paid well, but that's not a, a good fight for him. Not at all. I, I can see him having a good chance against Matisse. Good, good chance. Ryan. No, no. Ryan. Garcia, right, who outboxed Lucas Matisse. Herrera, can, he can take a punch, and he has the long arms. I'm just saying, uh, Matisse would, would have difficulty uh, putting Look, it down. He's been overrated Matisse forever. I can't. I, I understand this, man. He's really not that good. Please stop Look, looking Matisse at me. Matisse is your not providing the glasses. Okay? He's no, not he's, he's not providing golf. He, this is true. But her be providing golf. glasses off. No. No. No, Ryan, no. No. That's all I'm going to say about that is no. He'll, he'll go to distance. I'm not him. saying that he's going to beat uh, Matisse. I'm saying it's a competitive fight, and, you know, it It could be another controversial decision. No, no, no. Thank you. It's my old talking down off the ledge, please. Talking down. That that's like a one one eighteen type win for Matisse. He just hits too hard. <laughs> he has a solid jab. I mean, this is a this is a Herrera who got pretty much um who beat him by a wide decision that had no business doing that. What's on his name? Alvarado. If Alvarado can do that to Herrera, Matisse will be that was, fine. Oh, that that was a prime Alvarado, man. Man, Matisse had been fighting damaged goods. Provodnikov is done. That 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 fight, please. Well, this was, this was the same Provodnikov that you thought was going to destroy Matisse. If we remember correctly. Remember that? Yeah. Well, I didn't know he was washed up. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't See, washed up. Like he ate right. a few power punches from Matisse. That's when he got washed up. Before then, he was fine. Uh, I don't know, man. He's just whole. Just- the whole way he fought it was just kind of way too basic for my taste. I was like, "Yo, I thought you were better than this, man." He just looked—he just—he didn't look good the whole fight. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, were you talking to your TV going? I thought you was better than this, man. Yo, seriously, now, man, the man that fought Tim Bradley was better than the dude that fought Lucas and Tisa. I'm sorry. It's... But yeah, but look at how many probably how many miles that that fight with Bradley put on him. Probably. You know, we talk about people talk all that mess about Bradley not having no power. Look at what those dudes look like at the conclusion of that fight. It's just all about the right stylistic matchup. And then you put Provodnikov in the fight with uh, Mike Alvarado. Is that who we fought next? Sir um, um, Bradley? 
Uh, maybe. No, he fought. He fought Castillo, didn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Over but that don't Russia. count. That's not a. That's not a real fight. That don't count. Are you, talk, are you talking about Algeria then? Algeria, that's the fight he had. Okay. No, he fought Alvarado. He fought Algeria. No, he fought Alvarado. Then he fought Algeria. Yeah, he fought Alvarado, and Alvarado was washed up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still a tough fight, though. It's not like Alvarado just stood there. And then you fight out Yeah, no, he pretty much did. He's <laughs> from a I don't know. A washed, a washed Alvarado is still tougher than, say, Castillo. I mean, well. Okay, well, then, Ryan, then if Alvarado wasn't shit and Algeria wasn't a good fight and Castillo wasn't a good fight, then how do you determine him to be washed? You just said he was washed when he got to Matisse. Well, no, look, he, 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 he had no business losing Algeria, man. Uh, Algeria uh, was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get in the mind of the business, you know. You said he look, washed. I, look, we saw, we saw the true Algeria against Manny Pacquiao. It just, you know, it just doesn't belong at, at this kind of level, okay. And uh, he, he had way too much success against the Ron Nicole. I don't know. Chris Algieri, poor thing. That, that Brad, he, he peaked on the Bradley fight, man. He peaked on the Bradley fight. The only reason why Algieri got that win is because Al, Bob Aaron wanted to force Algieri down our throat because he's a good-looking guy. I know what's up with that. He, really, he yeah, I thought, I thought he probably got won the fight, but it just I thought you know, it wasn't impressive, though. Too. Like, Algieri's eye was destroyed in, like, what, the first or second round? I mean, destroyed. <laughs> Well, you know, let's, 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 if, let's, if he had good vision the whole fight, he probably actually could legitimately won. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's just say that Provodnikov had won the fight instead of Algeri, and Provodnikov got the fight with Pacquiao. Would Pacquiao Provodnikov look like Pacquiao Rios? Because it's not like uh, yeah, Provodnikov is the most skilled and sexy fighter. He's not a real cute fighter. Yeah, no, you got it. That so, it would look pretty much the same. Yeah, well, so, I mean, you know, was it more, I mean, either one of them was getting that work from Pacquiao. So, was Algeri Pacquiao more pleasing to you than Provodnikov no. Pacquiao was? <laughs> no. Algeri Pacquiao is you know, one of the worst fights I've fought all year. If you had to play, Ismail, if you had to pay, play the would you rather, Pacquiao, Algeri Pacquiao Provodnikov. What would you rather? Oh, Pacquiao for Vodnikov, because you know Ruslan's going to at least come forward and try and press the fight for the entire night, even though he's going to get busted up. So that's a no-brainer. And he's not Once getting again, knocked down you... six times all over the place. Oh, Algeri over there eating avocado. He need to put some meat on that bread with that avocado. Once again, you're listening to the Ruckus Podcast. 718-508-9852 is the call-in number if you want to talk to us. Younger LaBeouf. Ryan Bivens, Ismail Du Salam. Shout out to tonight's sponsor, the Boom Boom Girls of Wrestling. Film is done. I tweeted the link. 75% of the crew and cast are female. It's a film where they combine sports drama and thrilling elements with WWE elements, and they will show you the first female solo slasher. And I don't know. I know some girls in the hood that's real good at slashing people's tires. But that's neither here nor there. This slasher is going to be slashing people because it's a horror WWE flick. I don't know. Support them. Go to their Kickstarter. Support them. Every little bit helps. Let them get this movie financed. So shout out to them for sponsoring tonight's show. So 
Let us now turn the page. We are done with. Uh, did you did you reach out to Hank? Um, yeah, Hank is 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 something else, you know. He's he's a cool dude. He just you know he's just a live wire, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's move on now to let's see. We've got an hour, just under an hour left in the show. Uh, Ryan, do you want to talk Carl Frotch? Do you want to talk Nietzsche's Rodriguez, which is probably the case, or do you want to talk <laughs> Rigando Lomachenko? Rigando Lomachenko is not going to happen. So um, let's talk Nietzsche's Rodriguez. Even despite the fact that they have to wait, 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 wait. You can't just say that and then just brush it under the rug like old dust. They have I I don't happen to I I don't happen to disagree with you. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. But they have tentatively agreed to some initial terms, but team Rigando, if I remember the press release correctly, they want a rehydration clause for the fight. Why don't you think the and a catch weight of 124, I think it was. Why don't you think the fight is – why do you think the fight's not going to happen? Um, because they're dictating terms like that. You know, they're not in the power position here. Um, Rickendow doesn't do good numbers. He hasn't been active. Uh, he didn't look too hot in his last fight. Theo <laughs> doesn't want him. You know, this the opponent, Lomachenko, is pretty much you know guaranteeing that he gets back on HBO. So it's like you mm. know, he really needs he needs Lomachenko more than Lomachenko needs him because Lomachenko's on yeah, HBO Bob, either way. Bob Arum ain't having that. We know Bob Arum is not having no Rigondeaux fight there with his wonder chin, his prize pupil, Basil Lomachenko. How dare Guillermo Rigondeaux's ass share the ring with Pitt? It ain't going to happen. That's why I think it's going to happen. I just, just think Bob Aaron's going to be like, nope. Hey, nope. What do you think? What do you think, uh, Ismael? Think it could happen? Uh, it could happen, but Rigondeau is very stubborn. Very, very stubborn. Him and his people. Because remember before, he supposedly had the deal on the table with Rock Nation, and that ended up falling apart because of uh, money. Um, so he'll, even though he doesn't have any leverage, he'll stick to his gun which means that the fight not happening means that he wants that 124 uh, catch weight. And it may be for the better anyway, because I really don't think he can beat Lomachenko at featherweight. I think featherweight really is as high as he could ever go in the first because he's not a tall guy. He's only, what, 5'4". I think Lomachenko is just too big and strong for him at featherweight. It'd be intriguing to watch just for the style contrast, but um, I see him eventually getting dropped probably a couple times by Lomachenko. Possibly making it to a decision. Nah, I don't. I don't he won a gold medal at lightweight, right? In the Olympics. Cool. They're both two time Olympic. They're both yeah. two time gold medalists. Yeah, but I'm talking about the weight classes they won the titles at. Yeah, I think you're correct. Yes. Lightweight. At any rate, we'll table it for now. We'll put it on the back burner. If it comes to fruition, then Ryan is going to buy cheap paper and this mail, and that'll be it. All right, yeah. let's move on. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Donnie Nietzsche versus Francisco Rodriguez. I'm going to let you guys take the lead for that because I did not see it. We know. We know Ryan saw it. Ismael, did you, you know, see the fight? They showed it on replay on uh, being sports that night because it was it was over oh, in the, okay. uh, the Philippines, so so it happened really early in the morning. So yeah, I said I said uh, I should. I, I'm not sure I tweeted out a link to the fight. 
Like, if you look on you my sent, uh, you, Boxing you, Twitter page. You sent it to me, but on Sunday I had to bartend. On Monday I had to recover and catch up with all the other shit that I missed over the weekend. So I haven't, I didn't see that one. So, you know, talk right, well, to people about it. I'm sure somebody I'm saying every, everybody um, can see it at the moment because we have the public. Um, no. Just uh, right. the 2015 7-11 boxing card. And that guy that is now at this person. She watched Rodriguez. Uh, it is a very good No. Well, it's, a very, it's a very tactical fight. Nantes uh, uh, mm-hmm. was really on point with his defense, and uh, he was very good in the pocket. And he just he made his punches count. Like Rodriguez, you know, while he he's a good fighter, he's kind of predictable, and you know, he's just kind of the fighter that, that overwhelms you with, with, with kind of like you know volume and punches from like awkward angles. And he has to, you know, he's, he's an old pro, and he's been in the game a long time. He's kind of refined his craft. Um, and he just he just he just knew what to do. Uh, Rodriguez couldn't really hit him all that cleanly uh, very often. I mean, you know, he, he called him here and there, but it was it was a very I'd say impressive went by Nietzsche in, in the manner in which he was able to control his opponent the entire fight and kind of never give ground in terms of uh, letting the momentum slip. Uh, he, he he was always comfortable. He was never overwhelmed. He was never you know, kind of out of his element. He he he's, he knew what to do the whole time, and uh, he's number one in the weight class, like indisputably. Uh, he has a number two to fight. Um, what's his name? Uh, I think Guevara. Let me check. Guevara, I think that's the name. Um, but um, you know, it, I I don't think he would have too much trouble being Guevara. Uh, I think his big fights, you know, from here on are in the next weight class. Like, here he goes to flyweight and uh, fights some of the top guys there. That could be interesting. Like, um, like, uh, I mean, he'll never fight him because he's already avoided him before. But uh, Roman Gonzalez is, is, is definitely the fight. And uh, uh, the guy that, uh, uh, Guy Ostrada. Like that, that's also an excellent fight. Hell, even even Brian Valoria would be very interesting. So there's sure. there's very there's very compelling fights on that at flyweight, and um, fights where he'll, he'll get more recognition for it because more people know know those fighters. Um, and the weight division he is now, you know, it's, it's a good weight class. It's just it's not as uh, I guess uh, glamorous. Uh huh. Uh huh. My question would be, if you're HBO, do you throw some money, it shouldn't be too much, to make it happen, to try and get him in there with Gonzalez? And if you're in the answer, do you take that fight or do you possibly go with something a little bit more winnable, like a lawyer, like you mentioned, even a Segura fight? Right. Segura, I, I don't think there's anything there in that fight anymore. He's just coming off so many consecutive losses, or or maybe just one. Um, yeah, because he was a brutal one. But yeah, he, yeah, it was, it was really brutal. He he got the hell beat down by Strada. But yeah, now they're talking about him fighting uh, Roman Gonzalez. I mean, I hope that fight doesn't happen. But and, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Giovanni, you know, he's he's kind of put out the pasture. The I mean, there's definitely guys in in the ring. Wait, wait, 
Did you say put him out the pasture? <laughs> I said put. I said he's put out the pasture. Terrible. Terrible. He, he was look. He, he was a prize bull in his day, but you know now you got to put him out the pasture. He's just you, you, you need a, a fresh you know line against a guy like uh, oh, oh, Nia just to, to make it interesting. I think, and you know those guys are you know Chuckle Matito, Gallo, um not so much Valoria, honestly, but Valoria is kind of his age, so it, it would be an interesting, you know, chess match, you know, who see who who kind of has more left. Um, and I forgot about that, forgot that, about Wang. I honestly think Gallo and 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 uh, Chocolatito, you know, might kind of run over him. <laughs> it's as good as the defense is, yeah. and it's it's it, you know it's it's fun as those fights should be. Like I see him eventually getting stopped, whereas Valoria. I don't see Valoria stopping him. I see that being like a decision fight where it could go either way. If you weren't about the power, then we forgot about Ruinrang. You might be able to, well, that will be a rough <laughs> fight to watch. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Anybody getting in the ring with my man and that is just is in for a long night. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, it's just the guy, you know, he, He's kind of like the dirtiest player in the game right now. <laughs> the rules are more like guidelines. And, and when you get in the ring, with ruined wrong. Because he, he would do whatever it takes to, to make sure you don't land punches on him. <laughs> like, whatever it takes. Some other good fights in the division. Yeah, like, who who would want to? I mean, it'll be televised in, in Thailand, obviously, um, because, you know, yeah. he's Thai. But, yeah, here in the States, I don't think anybody would want that. But yeah, so like we, I, I gave you three names that like uh, any U.S. network should want to show. Those are you know Gonzalez, Estrada, uh, Valoria. Other possibilities, Yoka. Um, you know if he gets by Rebecca in the rematch. Um, that I think that's like probably the best flyweight fight I saw this year. Flyweight division's kind of been on a on a drag as far as entertainment goes. I mean, it's still, like, one of the best divisions in boxing. It's just the fights haven't been as all too compelling because, you know, they've been blowouts. You know, Gonzalez <laughs> blew out uh, Sosa. You know, Chicago blew out uh, uh, Segura. Um, and Ruin Wrong, he, he, he holds and <laughs> it does all sorts of shit that pushes you and, uh, to make the fight, you know, not pleasing on the eyes. So, uh Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been a struggle. Um, but, yeah, to get to this, you know, that, that's the division he's got to go to. Because he, there's really nothing left for him at, at Junior Flyway. He's been champion, what, how long has he been champion? I think I think he has the record like, for, like, Filipino champion. Something crazy. That's great. He's been champion a really long time. He definitely has a record for the for the division. He's, let's see, he won the title in 2007. So, yeah, we're talking like eight years. That's very good. Very, very good. How serious is his uh, his hand injury? I know you thought he had to have an MRI on it. I didn't hear any other news about it. So he might be on the shelf. Huh. Well, the answer is 33 now. Yeah, you know, he's got to make a move. Because, you know, in those lightweight classes, 
33 is kind of like, you know, pushing 40 and, uh, you know, maybe a little older. (laughs) Pretty much. All right. Well, let us move on. Let's, Let's take a little detour and let's have a flashback in history. So today, thank you, Ismail, for giving me this topic. Today, this day in boxing history, Davey Moore knocked out Wilfred Benitez. Ryan, uh, how yeah, do you think that these two, how do you, of course you do, how would those two do in today's era? Davey Davey Moore, Moore and Wilfred Benitez. Well, Wilfred Benitez will obviously be the best junior middleweight in the world, um, like by far. Uh, he was kind of, you know, tailing down his career when he fought Davey Moore, and he, he got injured, you know, and that's why he got knocked out. He just kind of tripped up with his feet, and, you know, he fell wrong. So, you know, shit happens. <laughs> um, matter of fact, oh, didn't one of the fights over the weekend and like that, somebody got injured on, on like, a fall? Who was it? Mm, not sure. What am I thinking? Of? Wasn't on my oh, wasn't on I, my card that I went to. I watched I watched so many fights that I, I get you know stuff comes and goes with me. But yeah, you know injuries happen in boxing. So um, and like Davey, he, he was a good fighter, but you know he, he wasn't on Wilfred Benitez's level. Uh, quickly, quickly shown by Roberto Duran when <laughs> when they fought. But uh, I digress. Uh, Davey, you know, still good enough to beat. I'd say. All the junior middleweights today, including you know Cotto, Canelo. Well, at least this version of of Cotto, uh, like a prime Cotto, wasn't really a junior middleweight. Um, but I think Davey Moore would have enough for him to beat him today. Uh, it wouldn't be Triple G, but you know he's a middleweight. I haven't really seen what he looks like at 154. Could he beat? No, he wouldn't be Mayweather at 154 either. Benitez though, Benitez and Mayweather at one fifty four, that's an interesting fight. Like I could see Benitez winning that, perhaps. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for that submit Ismail. Would you like to follow up with any of your own discussion points on how those two would fare in today's landscape? Ah, uh, Davy Moore, how he do at one fifty four. Yeah, I would have to Agree. I think he would be most of the fight. He would, wouldn't. I think Laurel would be the more too. Laurel, yeah, Laurel, Laurel for sure. Yeah, I agree. That's another interesting matchup: Benitez and Laura. I have, of course, Benitez winning, but I'd be interested to see how frustrated Laura would get getting kind of a taste of his own medicine. Mm-hmm. And Benitez and Mayweather, hmm, really depends on the judges, but. uh what decision either way? Excellent. Pick them. You're just now tuning in. This is the Ruckus Podcast. Jose Benavides. We are talking about a day in boxing history. <laughs> Davy Moore, Wilfred Benitez. You know, for those of you who just tuned in, we talk not that's not the subject we're talking about. Day in boxing history, famous KO. So let us now move on to another topic. Let us move on. Oh, it's the end for Carl Frutch. Oh no! What do we do now? What does Andre Ward do now? The legend leaves us. Carl Frock is—it's done. It's done. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Line. Well, look, one of my followers just reminded me who got injured. It was on the Box Nation card. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Um, that the uh, One of the fights that I was looking forward to over the weekend, we didn't we didn't mention it, uh, was Talon uh, Cepeda and uh, Terry Flanagan. Uh, Flanagan's opponent just threw out his arm, like, you know, during an exchange, and he quit on his stool. It's just <laughs> yeah. wow. simple as that. World title fight, and then his arm popped, and that was it. <laughs> Uh, it, it so does that make you respect Andre Burdo? Uh, I mean, I gotta give Andre credit, man, for 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 fighting the rest of that fight so so bravely and like honestly, he was he he wasn't doing bad at, at, <laughs> after a while. I mean, he still got knocked out at the end, but dude with one arm, you know, a lot most people just quit. Okay, cool. So back to the cobra, the cobra <laughs> out out the, out the pasture. Are you sad, Ryan? Are you going to miss the Cobra? What did you no, do no, with uh, Andre Ward? I've been retired for, you know, since 2014, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, I never uh, thought he was going to fight again. I mean, I know he made it official just recently, but, I mean, he's been retired for a while. Like, he's, he's, he's told people, it's like, yeah, you know, I don't think I, I'm going to fight anymore. I mean, every once in a while he hits it, like, oh, you know, I, I think I might want to, you know, fight again, but it really has to be, like, you know, uh, a meaningful fight, you know, against your opponent that get me motivated. And some people talk like that. You know they bullshit. Oscar De La Hoya comes and, and talks like that every once in a while. And people write stories about him him thinking about making to come back. He's never coming back. Carl Fox is never coming back. They're done. Joe Calzaghe never coming back. Okay? These, these people are retired. And that's, that's it. Oh, that's all. And it's, it's old news. Ismael, you said the Cobra is no more, no more slithering around for the Cobra. Well, you know, he's good for a, a smart-ass uh, line every now and then, so that's not going to change. So he'll still be around. Uh, he's done all he can do in the ring. You know, the, the growth fight, that was his pinnacle, just like Ryan said. After that, I mean, just the amount of money that he made was still kind of amazing to me, considering that Groves is not a bad fighter, but the level that Groves is at, it's not like Rose was a superstar, but Rose's mouth and everything it just was the perfect storm. I mean, so he's retiring on a good note. Uh, the Glufkin fight would have been interesting, but that's not really a wise fight to take. What, Fox, 38 years old? He would have been out of the ring for about a year, so smart decision. He was enough to fight in the Gale. His heart wasn't in it, so he's retiring at the right time. The most interesting thing that came out of this was some of the people, some of the U.K. people talking about it. You know, I heard some of them debating whether Frost was a top 10 U.K. fighter all time. And at first, it sounded kind of absurd to me. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, let me think. He's, you know, he's not a Ted Lewis. He's not a Lennox Lewis. He's not on that level. I would put him below Calzaghe, too. But when you start rating them, is he really a top 10 fighter? I don't think so. But some of the U.K. fight, uh, fight fans were arguing the case for him. Uh, these UK teams, but they're they're rating guys from like the 1980s onward. Okay, you can't realistically <laughs> rate Carl Frost all time in the UK top ten. Like you, you just would be completely ignoring some of these old time fighters that fought back in like the the early 1900s. Right. And they, they were saying top ten. They're saying top ten. They were they really rate uh, George Groves, and that, that was my only take on it to rate him that highly. Mm. I'm not tripping off Carl Fresh. I agree. I thought he retired a long time ago. Every time it looked like he might be game to do something, he wasn't. And, you know, bye, Cobra. I enjoyed your time here. Turtle wax for you as you depart. 
you know. He still has a, a fine girl, so he'll be just fine, and he's made a lot of money if she doesn't spend it up. So I bet Carl Fratch, well, maybe he'll be on the desk antagonizing people pretty soon, which reminds me, speaking of people who retire and come back, Shane Mosley versus Ricardo Mayorga. <laughs> Do you want to see grudge, do you want to see grudge match Ryan? Do you want to see Shane Mosley versus Ricardo Mayorga? Look, as long as it's BKP, I'm cool. Okay, <laughs> don't 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 have like a real sanctioned fight where it's going to reset, you know, his his Hall of Fame induction because that's just bullshit. <laughs> but BKP, they not you know, having no count. fight. <laughs> no, Shane gonna hurt I, his back. No, no, I think this uh, Mosley Mayorga fight is for real. Uh, it is for real, but will it will yeah. it happen? Yeah, I oh, wouldn't have. Oh, it's going to be here. Oh, it's going to be here. Well, you know, he might hurt his back. You know, he's famous for hurting <laughs> his back right before he broke his back. He broke his back. He might go Mike Tyson on it. August 29th here in SoCal. Oh, yeah, I'm going. That fight's here in California. I'm going just for the sheer fuckery of it all. I'm going. Shame. When was the last time the Yorger won a boxing match? What an, uh, with another boxer? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ricardo Mayorga. I don't know. That's a good question. Ricardo Mayorga last won a fight. Oh, in, in 2014. Andrik okay, Saraligi. And uh, he won by fifth round PK. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he followed that. his car with... Um... Well, what's his name? Uh, my, my boy, uh, Yuri Boy Canvas. Like, they, they were supposed to end up fighting after that, and it never happened. Wow. Before that, he won a fight, and then before that, he hadn't fought since 2011 when he fought Miguel Cotto. And for those of you playing the home game, his fight against Shane Mosley took place in September 2008. So, you know, if the fight happens, make sure you stay tuned to badculture.net because I'll have some good stuff for you. People on my time are curious about the ten greatest UK fighters of all time now, and I think I'll have to of make course. a list. Of course, uh, they will, You know, they know I make a list, so I'm gonna make one. Um, it's not gonna be ready during this conversation, but check check my timeline a little later. I'll put one up. And check Barry McGuigan's not number one. Your list doesn't mean anything, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So there's that. We'll take uh, Shane Mosley, Ricardo Mayorga. We'll cross this off of the list. Eh, I don't really want to talk about Lucien Boutet. Don't nobody care about this fight on August 15th. <laughs> uh, Chavez, Reyes, I don't even really care about uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Cotto Canelo watch. I don't know. Where, where, where do you guys want to go? Cotto Canelo, Triple G, Chavez, Reyes. Or shall we start? We got just over half an hour left in the show. Do we want to Yo, start uh, on the of, weekend? Speaking of Triple G, um, the story came out. He he wanted a catch weight 164 pounds for uh, Andre Ward fight. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, he wanted a 164 pound catch weight. I thought he was pretty generous because he offered the 50 50 split too. On top of that. <laughs> wow. Maybe the Ward ain't going for that shit. <laughs> Look, man, after, after the DEC thing, you better take what you can get. You lucky you didn't say 162 and 73. Wow. 
interesting. You can't really pull that A side thing after the ratings. The, the, the BET thing, I mean, of course, I know you wanted to get back in the ring and all that, but now when you go to the negotiating table, it's like, yeah, we comparing ratings. There's no comparison now. Because before Triple G and Andre Ward, their um, their ratings, TV ratings, were pretty similar. You know, very, very close for nearly all their fights over the last couple of years. But they're not similar anymore. Ooh, I just did a search on Golovkin Ward, and I'm looking at the images of somebody used one of my pictures and cropped my watermark out. I'm not gonna put the site on blast. <laughs> at any rate, um. 164. Andre Ward ain't going for it. He ain't going for that. Not going for a 50-50 split. They're going to have to fight Oakland, which well, Ward will want to dictate the terms. He can't really dictate the terms because the fight will be on HBO because it's a Golovkin fight. So that would make Golovkin the eight. Would that make Golovkin? Would Golovkin be the eight side since the network? Well, his name is Andre A-side Ward in case you forgot. So... (laughs) That don't mean nothing. He just fought on BET. <laughs> A-side didn't mean nothing when it came to this last fight because it sure did. Look, think of all the stinker fights yeah, that I, have still made it to premium cable. He lost that fight, though. Um, I did what? So, Rock Nation is at least doing that, that they got people that matter coming out to see him fight. Um, well, people that matter in quotes. I guess people that really matter are the boxing fans around the world that, that actually pay attention to the sport. <laughs> Those people, you know, didn't so much show up. But Those people, people were there. Yeah, they, they were there. there to see Nipsey Hussle. They weren't there to see Ward. <laughs> they were there to see uh, Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, he, didn't he walk Ward to the ring and held his belt? He sure did. Yeah. Sure did. He most certainly and did. They're making Ward look like a big deal. you got to give him at least that much. He looks like a big deal. So Some does he take one or two more well, tune-ups, or does he finally get a legit fight now? No, nah, he's getting another uh, tune-up. I'm not sure if he even knows if he's going to fight a super middleweight again. And that might be so. probably why they trolled him with that uh, catch weight at 164, knowing he probably can't even get anywhere near 160 at any time soon. So if he stays at 175, then logically he should be fighting Coldwell at some point. That's what I was just going to say. Didn't we see some uh, grumblings or some talks or something going on with uh, with main events about him fighting uh Kovalev? Yeah, I think I do remember that. And it's funny because remember when Kathy, I think when she was on, on this show, she was like, um, she kind of implied that they may have had some stuff going on behind the scenes. Because she said if Andre Ward and Kovalev ever fight, it would be at 175, which made me think that it had to have imploded behind the scenes between them and HBO at some point. But, um, in that matchup, will Ward try to pull his A-side thing again? Because I think it's more lucrative, lucrative in um, Montreal, actually, even though Kovalev ain't from there, than it would be in Oakland. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we won't hold our breath on that. We'll we'll wait for Kovalev uh, Mohammedy first. we got to get Vince back on the show. And uh, Oh, you have fights yeah. next weekend, we'll- right? Yeah, it's next Saturday. It's it's coming up. It's coming up. Yep, that sure is my picture. I'm sorry, I'm still fixated on the fact that a site used my picture. Pop my damn water bark out. Scandalous, scandalous, scandalous. Anyway, let's move on to another topic. 
Let's talk, uh, okay, so we can cross off Triple G. Ooh, 30 minutes left in the show. And I'm surprised that we have not heard from Dre K, Mike Money, LRS, and um, our usual suspects, Daryl Briz. So oh, look, all, all the fights over the weekend were kind of anticlimactic. I mean, <laughs> Herrera, Lundy, yeah. you know, it was the headbutt, went to the scorecards, um, fucking Flanagan's the Peta, dude threw out his arm, quit on the stool. Uh, fucking Thurman Colazzo, Colazzo actually did something and then quit on the store. <laughs> so you know, nothing really left you with a satisfied. And then you know the the Nietzsche's Rodriguez fight that was so early in the morning nobody saw it <laughs> when it was happening. So it just wasn't much to see over the weekend. Uh, I think the best fight was honestly the the JoJo Diaz and Renee Alvarado fight. Um, that uh, was Jojo a great stepped fight. Up in class and he struggled. Like he was, ooh, he he was lucky. Renee kind of ran out of gas because he was all mm-hmm. over his ass in the beginning. So mm-hmm. they was he they sure was. was. That that was that was a real fight. Yes, it was. Yes, it most certainly was. I enjoyed that. You know, that's the kind of fight you give your young prospect, and he handled himself well. You know, he will learn a lot from that. He worked hard for that victory, and you know, it was it was enjoyable to watch, and, you know, I got a chance to talk to oh. JoJo right fresh out of the ring, so visit BoxingChannel.tv, and you can see me talk to JoJo right after literally fresh out of the ring. So, oh, yeah, and um, the fight. other fight, the other fight, there was the, the regular WBA heavyweight championship fight was over the weekend. That was, huh. that was hilarious. Ruslan Shigaya oh, no. and uh, Francesco Pianetta. Shigaya blew him out in the first round. <laughs> I mean, I knew Pianetta, you know, really had no business fighting for a quote-unquote world title, but I didn't expect him to get blown out like that. That was that was bad. <laughs> I was Look like, at wow, him, the guy is the heavyweight champion of the world. Why are you surprised? <laughs> he he actually made Shagaya look like a legit heavyweight champion. That That's how devastating this was. I was like, damn, Shagaya looked like he's in prime form. <laughs> oh, wow. And you tend to have a lot to say about Shagaya, so that's that's amazing. Yeah, well, look, Shagaya, he's he, he's tied up. Um, he he got two mandatories back to back now. He got to fight Fesakundo again because Fesakundo won that court case, so he's he's that has to happen. And then the winner of that has to fight uh, Lucas Brown. Yeah. Lucas Brown, he's he's uh, from Australia. He's a uh, undefeated heavyweight contender ish. Never really fought. I don't say contender is right, but I guess you could call him a contender because the division is so weak these days. Didn't he I mean, beat he, James Tony a couple of years ago? Yeah, he beat James Tony. That that's like the signature win on on, on his resume. He beat a really <laughs> old and fat James Tony. <laughs> hey, hey, win is a win. A win is a win. Even if it. Even if it's against an old ass James Tony, so a win is a win. Let us move on. Let us old, talk old fat uh, and you know can't speak properly, James Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, just, you know, I mean, you know, when, when James uh, Tony has to accept his, when, when he accepts his, you know, Hall, Hall of Fame induction, you know, he's going to get up on the podium and, and talk to people. They're not going to have a clue what the fuck he's saying. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> funny and sad at the same time, but, but mostly funny. We we should we all gonna go out there. We gonna we gonna send for Ryan. <laughs> yo, and we going yo, out there. I, I'm I'm gonna get a behind the scenes interview with James Tony. Like you know when I when I finally put up my 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 video, I'm at, I'm at subtitles and like translations of what he actually said. You should have a little lady in the corner. You know, like when they, you watch a person who's doing sign language at the corner. You should have like a picture in picture of the of the not subtitles, but like a person at the bottle going. He said, la, da, da, da. that would be that would be even more effective and, and funnier. But that's just you know my sense of humor. If that's offensive to the listeners, I'm so sorry. I don't always have the most PC sense of humor. I filter it a lot down though for the show though. You should be very proud of me. If you knew me offline, you know I filter it down a lot. Once again, you are listening to the Ruckus Podcast. Giandra LaBeouf, Ismail Dusalam, Ryan Bivens, Trudonet, hey. Beats Boxing Mayhem, Sweet Boxing Ratings. Hey, here we are with you on a Tuesday night. Happy to be here. Um, we have a lot more energy and enthusiasm this week. The gang's all here. I'm broadcasting live. I'm not even going to tell you where I am. Let's just say I'm just out in the wild. I'm just out in the wild, <laughs> broadcasting live. And see, you haven't heard any more sirens or anything, no more hallelujahs. No more random sounds in the background. It's actually gotten pretty quiet now. You know, yeah. it's always an adventure well, with me. I guess it's about that time for the weekend action. Oh, wait, is Andre Berto tweeting now? I think Andre Berto tweeted, here we go. So, you know, someone on my, I, I uh, said about it on Facebook about Berto Mayweather and Daryl Cobb said it's not official yet, but uh, I think it's, is where did somebody? Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. At any rate, let us move on. Oh uh, yes. I don't really. I don't want to talk about Chavez Reyes because I really don't give a shit. Um, about <laughs> Chavez at that. all. You must know if Ariel is going to fight Wilder next. But when we go Probably. over who's fighting this weekend, we'll bring that up. Gotta get past yeah, first half and another given. Yeah, you know that other kid gave him that work. That, that butter bean that gave him that work on the PPC card, so on the spike yeah. card, so you just never know Life with Chris Ariola. Man, okay, wow. So I don't know. We'll see. If he does, that's definitely going to be the fight. PPC. Do they have any other heavyweight? Well, they got Cunningham. They got Tarver. Tarver's an indentured servant, so I don't even really count him. Um, so they got, Tarver, they, they got some Olympians and um, the Gyro Negro. Oh, El Gallo Negro. They got Dominic Brazil. They okay. So we got Tarver, Cunningham, Washington, um, Brazil. Wait, they got the uh, Polish guy. Ariola. Um, Silka. Silka. Oh, oh they yeah, got, Silka. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, oh yeah, they got some heavyweights. They got some folks. Um, yeah, but look, this, yeah, this is the last kind of um, optional, you know, um, um, you know, voluntary fight that Wilder can take. Because after this, he's either got to vacate his title or fight uh, Pavekin. Uh, bleach somebody who... Oh, okay, I thought this was Bleacher Report's title. Um, someone tweeted, Boy Mayweather ducks clickbait. Because I was going to say, that can't, <laughs> that can't be... 
That's what it's, that's what the person put. I can't believe I couldn't believe that would be a Bleacher Report title. That sounds like an Onion article, but it was September just what somebody Tuesday, tweeted. By the way. Yeah, hey, that, that's what CBS. makes it all even yeah. more. Wait, wait, okay. No, I'm not even going to mention that person's name on my show because you know I IDS with him. So no. Anyway, yes, I thought it was an Onion article. I just had to. I I, I bought into the clickbait. I had to click and make sure Bleacher Report wasn't over there losing their damn mind. So yes, I just I I got to get my mind wrapped around this Andre Berto fight. Jay, Every other Floyd, I could just I could justify it. You know, my Don, okay, I could justify it. Um, okay. Pretty much every opponent of Floyd, even if it wasn't a popular selection, the value in it and why it came to fruition because it was capitalizing on the momentum of something that the person just did. Berto was losing that damn fight with Jose Cito Lopez. <laughs> Jose Cito Lopez. The Riverside Rocky. He was losing the fight with the Riverside Rocky, and then he got it together and won by KO. That punched his ticket to the Floyd lottery sweepstakes? Really? Beating Jose Cito Lopez gets you Floyd Mayweather. I'll be goddamn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you think about it. uh... Jose Lopez did beat, um, uh, what's his name, Victor Ortiz, and that got Jose Cito to fight with um, Canelo. So, and then he fought up. And then he blew up to the Michelin Tire Man to fight Canelo, a ridiculous fight. And then, let me see, let, let, let's, let's look at uh, Jose Cito. Jose Cito looking for a trainer. You want to train him, Ryan? No, I'm good. You. You good? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so we got let's look let's take a look back at the the Jose Cito beat Mike Dallas in two thousand eleven, then Jesse Vargas. And no, he lost to Jesse Vargas. Did Jesse Vargas? Oh yeah, in Vegas. Hey, look, yeah, Jesse Vargas robbed him, okay? In like, Vegas. He robbed so many other guys. He didn't he didn't rob him, it was in Vegas. So it's okay, it doesn't count. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Then he uh beat Victor Ortiz, lost to Canelo, lost to Maidana. Beat Mike Arnawadis, beat Aaron Martinez, beat Rafael Cobo. Who, who, and who? Okay, yeah. And then lost to Andre Berto. Now, let's look at Andre Berto's record in the road to Mayweather. Let's go back here to, let's go back to 2009. Beat Luis Colazzo, beat Juan Orango, beat Carlos Quintana, beat Freddie Hernandez, lost to Vic Ortiz, beat Jan Zavek, lost to Guerrero, lost to Soto Caras. He lost to Drunken Soto Caras, uh, beat uh, Steve Chambers, and beat Josecito Lopez. And that's what gets you a ticket to the Floyd Lottery. I'll be goddamn. I should have been fighting. I could have got that fight. The road Look, at the end of the day, no matter way. how far your career slips, you can always be BKB champion. <laughs> not not if you hate not if you hate Sue Soto Caras. <laughs> Didn't oh, he just man. get his ass beat? Oh, God, definitely be taking L's, man. I'm, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he beat Berto, and yet he, he can't even win a BKB fight. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Let us not remember, this is the set of cards that was all the way turned up at a Floyd fight weekend in the MGM in the lobby with no shirt on. Turned up on a fight weekend when he was still an active fighter. Come on, son. 
if you look back at Andre Berto's career, what fight would you say that you saw Andre Berto in where you were like, damn, that kid could fight? Can you think of a single instance where you were like, damn, that kid could fight? Ismael. Uh, well. Hmm. Maybe. Okay. I'm going to give Arnold. an aster- asterisk and say the Colazo fight, more so his heart in that fight than his boxing acumen, but close enough. He showed a lot of heart in that fight. It was very exciting. Didn't give up. I'm going to go with that Let's one. see. This, this was January 17, 2009. Let's see who else was on that card. I Edwin Rodriguez, his... Tor Hamer, and Saddam Ali were all oh, on this Tor card. Hamer, that was Saddam Ali. That was Saddam Ali's professional debut fight was on that card. Wow. Look, the last time Berto looked spectacular was the Freddy Hernandez fight in 2010. Freddie Hernandez is not not a great fighter, but nobody really runs over Freddie Hernandez like that, okay? Like, everybody else, you know, they kind of have to grind him down. Um, Colazzo fought him, you know, uh, like, Colazzo lost to Freddie Hernandez, and then Lara went 10 rounds with him. It was competitive. It was actually a competitive fight. Andre went 10 rounds with him. Delvin Rodriguez, um, you know, took him into, like, round eight. Uh, Francisco Tantana went 10 rounds with him. Julian J-Rock went three. Brad Solomon went six. Now, the guy, he, he, that's the only first-round knockout loss in his whole career. Um, so, wow. On that so card where Bert, he beat Freddie Hernandez. That's the most uh, uh, devastating or, uh, you know, vicious I've ever seen Andre. On that card, that was on the undercard of Juan Manuel Marquez versus Michael Katsidis. And also on that card, Eris Landy Lar versus Tim Connors and Keith Thurman versus Fabio Medina. Interesting card. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Who promoted this? Richard Schaefer. <laughs> and Lou DeBella. When Schaefer which finally is, comes back, who, which operation do you think he runs for Heyman? He might hmm. say fuck it and start his own. Swiss Boxing United president, Richard <laughs> Schaefer. I don't know. Maybe he starts well, a hedge fund. Maybe he's the secret guy behind the uh, the hedge fund. He is a banker. Maybe his acumen <laughs> is more now. He's good. hiding the money. Hey, oh, that, he, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Richard Schaefer's hiding the money for him. They they said he couldn't work as a what, what what's the condition with the Golden Boy agreement? He can't work as a promoter. Um, yeah, he can't work as a competing promoter up until like what 2018. Yeah, he can't work as a promoter, but they didn't say nothing about him working at what he is actually skilled at high money. He over there, that's who's behind uh, Waddle and Waddle and Reed. Is that the name of the hedge fund people? That's what Richard Schaefer's over there doing. That's where they're getting all that money from. They got that money in Switzerland. Can you imagine if that lawsuit blows open all kind of can of worms and Richard Schaefer, Richard Schaefer is the real Al Heyman because he knows where all the money and stuff is hidden? Remember, you heard it first here on the ruckus. Richard Schaefer, I'm surprised no one has attached Richard Schaefer's name to these lawsuits or made him a bigger factor in these Heyman lawsuits. They just are so focused on Al Heyman and Waddle and Reed or whatever the hedge fund manager's name is. Nobody's talking about Richard Schaefer. Richard Schaefer is a banker. The man 
was not a promoter or anything to do. He, the man is a Swiss banker. When people hide their money, where do they hide it? They hide it in Switzerland or they hide it in the Cayman Islands. Richard Schaefer is a Swiss banker. Hey, I don't know. I'd be trying to sue Richard Schaefer. Damn Al Heyman. Al Heyman is just a guy. It's a whole a whole machine that goes with that. While people are so focused looking at Al Heyman, Richard Schaefer over there shredding documents in the basement and stashing money on the beach. So, but anyway, that's a whole that's a whole another show for another day. Once again, the Ruckus Podcast, DeAndre LaBeouf, I'm crazy. Ismail Du Salam, he's the same one. Ryan Bivens looks everything through looks at everything through silly colored goggles, but we like him and he has a lot of information. So he's still here. If you want to talk to us, tweet us, talk to us at one eight five zero eight. Nine eight five two. Once again, shout out to uh, tonight's sponsors of the show, and I'll be tweeting their links out again if you want to support their Kickstarter campaign. They're trying to get funded. Help them girls out. Before we we have fourteen minutes left in the show, shall we move into what's going to happen this weekend, or do you want to talk about something else? Uh, this weekend. All right. Let's pull up the uh, weekend fight schedule. I had it up here a second ago. Welcome to Friday. Kicking it off, Friday, Bethlehem, PA. We know Ryan's not going because he told me Bethlehem is hella far from where he lives. On Showtime, (laughs) Antoine Douglas versus It's Van Zeely is headlining the event with Arif Magomedov versus Derek Webster in the co-featured bout. That's um, the fight that I'm most looking forward to, that fight right there. I think that Aaron is a very awesome fight. Yeah, he just signed with main events. And, and Webster, I think, is with um, GH3 promotion. Um, mm-hmm. Both undefeated. And uh, Webster is the taller, longer fighter, You know, the, kind of the slicker boxer, southpaw. He considers, considers himself the best southpaw in boxing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we always say better than ring it out when he says that, and like he, with a straight face, like he'll say, "Yeah." <laughs> so um, all right, he he has a lot to prove, I think. Still, so, so this this is a very very good challenge for him. The the Russian, I think he's Russian. Yeah, he's Russian. Magomedov. He's coming off a first round uh, knockout of Darnell Boone, who is is very difficult to get rid of. Especially that quickly. I thought the fight would stop prematurely, but nonetheless, he got the stoppage. Um, he's, he's got a better resume. So, it's a good fight. Webster, right. he, he's fought in the Philly area a lot. So, like, I've, I've, I've interviewed him a few times. Ooh. In Ludwigsburg, Germany, David Price is fighting this weekend against Erkan Tepper for the vacant European heavyweight title. Wow. Where did he dig that fight up from? But I don't know. It would just look so random. I had to mention it. On Telemundo this weekend from Kissimmee, Florida, Daniel Rosario versus Aaron Garcia, and Junior Dorticos versus Galen Braun in the cruiserweight division. So, yeah, that's what's going on with that. Let's see. I already told you about what's oh, happening. Oh, Telemundo in comes Denver. back this Friday. Yeah, that that was the Cruz Garcia card. That was Telemundo, and um, that's the first or four Fridays in a row that uh, All Star Boxing is uh, putting on these cards. 
they've been kind of running the, the Telemundo series like, you know, uh, bi-annually um, for a while now. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Al Heyman doesn't take this shit over, too. <laughs> he probably already has. He's taking everything else on TV, but All-Star Boxing has these, these four shows locked up. Um, I don't know what happens after that, but, yeah, so this week and next weekend and the weekend after that, like uh, the first weekend of um, – or the second weekend in uh, – what's it called? Uh, what comes after July? August. <laughs> yes, <laughs> August. But from now to August, Boxing and Telemundo, they – Put on a lot of knockouts. Like uh, I tweeted out a couple earlier, like Daniel, Daniel Rosario and Alfonso Black. Black that was one, maybe maybe the best knockout this year. Honestly, that was that was tremendous. And um, Alcide Santiago uh, knockout of Trivia Ramirez, also outstanding. So you know, uh, check those out there on YouTube. Um, and uh, you know, tune the box to and I see some more. Um, none of these guys are really like you know. Noteworthy, but they are opponents that eventually get on <laughs> if they have the right PR behind them. Uh, HBO pay per view for in a world title fight, uh, a la Orlando Cruz, because that's that's what he mm-hmm. was before before you know he came out of the closet and got that fight with uh with uh what's his name uh what did he fight uh was Lido Orlando. Yeah, it was Orlando Cruz versus Orlando Salido. Uh, he was just a regular Telemundo fighter that you know that came out to class, and you know a lot of people were talking about him. And boom, just like that HBO review. Excellent, excellent. So with that, and then uh, the rest of them. So with nine minutes remaining in the show, I think we are going to be wrapping it up for the good of the order before we close oh, out the show. Wait. Oh, wait, oh wait, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Ryan said he's going to find some fights, God damn it! If y'all watch his fight. Ryan's going to find them Isn't, for uh, you. Isn't Arlene Perez fighting? Who? Abraham Stieglitz on Saturday. Are you sure? Uh, Abraham Stieglitz 4, yeah. From Germany. <laughs> I think oh, Abraham closed it out again. Yeah, you know, I'm if sure it goes to the car, it's Abraham. You know, if, if there's a knockout, so you have the, uh, the yo, the, the I'm so sorry. Oh, I, am, I am so sorry. Those were just the Friday cards. No, we're not fun. We're not finished. I'm so sorry. I got to scroll down. On Saturday, the 18th, Carl Frampton versus Alejandro Gonzalez. And uh, for Frampton's IBM Junior Featherweight title, Chris Ariola versus Fred Cassie. And uh, Hugo Centeno versus Lucas Macias on uh, PBC on CBS. So that probably will be a daytime fight yeah, uh, yeah, from Texas. Chris Ariola. He could be in the BKP Life fight, and I, I think. Life and death. Oh, he, he <laughs> no, would be great. No. Do you know if, how good Cass, he would be if, 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 if he doesn't look good in this fight, he has to look good or he's not going to get the water. Even if he wins, he's not going to get the water fight unless he looks good. So if he doesn't look Ariola good, BKB. I think he could be BKB heavyweight champion. I swear to God. He would be, he would be a star I mean, they do all that, you know, all-access type shit for BKB, and he is very cold. He'd be a star. So there's that. On uh, Also happening this weekend, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. versus Marcos Reyes. And, uh, you know, all, all the same card, too. Um, it's it's yeah. part of it's on CBS, the part of it's on Showtime. And then uh, Mac Joe Arroyo versus Arthur Villanueva for the vacant IBS Jr. Bantamweight title. And Amiri Mom is also fighting this weekend against Fernando Angulo. 
Um, and I know Bill yeah, can fight, by the way, in case you haven't. He he he's he's a better fighter than the current version of Alfredo Angulo. I knew you were going to say that, and that's uh, <laughs> what's going on from El El Paso, Texas. So Carl Frampton and them didn't make the Showtime portion; they only wanted Chavez Jr. Frampton, yo, Frampton, Quig, and Donaire are uh, the best super bantamweights in the world. Not named, you know, Guillermo Rigondeaux. All fight this weekend, and guess what? None of them are fighting each other. Craziness, craziness. Uh, fighting in Macau, China. Unimas, Unimas, same day tape. Ick Yang versus Cesar Cuenca Yo, for the vacant IBF I'm, Junior Welterweight title. I'm all over that fight. I am, you know, I'm, I'm waking up early in the morning for that shit. That, look, the legend of, of Cesar Cuenca will finally be realized. He, he, he will be, I think, 48-0 and, and world champion. Because Ick Yang, I like Ick Yang. You know, he, you know, he can fight, but he can't box. Yeah, he, he doesn't know shit about boxing, honestly. <laughs> wow. You know, um, Quest has got the pedigree. He's going to come in there. He's going to school him just like uh, my boy Amnak came over there and school was out. Hmm. Interesting. They don't know shit about boxing. You heard it here from Ryan Bibbins. Yo, anybody that sees that see a gang fight knows this. I mean, it's comical. The, the dude, he, he can fight a little bit. Like, you know, he... He definitely can mix it up. Like, if you put him on the street with a street fighter, he's going to whoop the street fighter's ass, you know, in a boxing match. But against somebody that really knows how to box, they should embarrass him. Wait, well, um, okay. So on this card, which is pretty funny, you know, Donaire's on this card too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No need of Donaire. One of the fights says, Kwok Kun Ng versus Bomb Petch Twins Jim. Fighting the whole gym? Kua Kun Ng is going to fight the entire Fom Petch Twins gym in six rounds. So watch that. Sounds like a battle royal. That might whoa, be kind of long. Um, well, somebody listening to the show just tweeted me. Eastern Beast, NYC. He's calling in before. Uh, apparently, Dan Raphael reported that if Quinta wins, which he will, <laughs> he might be in play for Terrence Crawford in the fall. Wow. Who? Um, Terrence Crawford. Versus, um, no, I know Cesar who Terrence Quenta. Crawford is. Oh, okay. I couldn't hear the... Quenta, you know, the oh, guy is okay. fighting a gang. Look, look um, I like Quenta. You know, I, I think he's, you know, he's, he's going to make history by being 48-0 and a world champion. Uh, it's very, very short list for that. Very, very, very short list for that. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. he got the perfect fight, okay, to, to, to be in that position. He's not having to fight. Even though he's fighting the, the number two contender by the IBF, this guy has no business being rated. Jake Yang is like the number fifty guy in the division, <laughs> at best. Okay, we go. Okay, but, we gonna pause that for another show because we only got four minutes left. You got to hold right, on to that but one. Damn, till next Quenta week. and Crawford. Yeah, that's not a good fight. Quenta is getting messed up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also happening on BN Sports Espanol, same day Tate Arthur Abraham versus Robert Stieglitz from WBO Super Middleweight. Vincent Fangboots versus Mauricio Reynolds. Fuck out of here, WBA. He recognized the WBA. Also happening, Manchester, England. Scott Quigg versus Kiko Martinez. 12 rounds. That's a good WBA fight. regular junior. Darwis Perez versus Anthony Krola for Perez's WBA lightweight title. Also happening this weekend. And then down in Puerto Rico, Fernando Montiel is going to uh, face uh, Jonathan Okendo. 
So, and wow. then um, Roy Labrucier in France, Kevin Satchel is going to fight Thomas Mason for Satchel's European flyweight title. So that is your weekend roundup. You know, lots to choose from. Make sure you tune in next week. We'll be talking about as many of these fights. We know Ryan's going to watch them all. So we'll talk about as many of these fights as we can. So before we wrap it up, final thoughts, Ismael, any final words for the uh, good of the order? Nick's 3-0, and baby. The world, oh, Chico, is next. <laughs> no, oh, my God. Really that. That, that shit don't stay on the record. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, final thoughts? Um, final thoughts? Uh, I will remember Carl Frotch as a exciting, entertaining, controversial figure in, in boxing. Um, he was a good world champion. He was not a great fighter. And nobody should ever remember him as one of the greatest British fighters of all time. Stay tuned for Ryan's article. It will be up on BadCulture.net where Ryan will recap the 10 greatest British fighters of all time. You'll get that on BadCulture.net. Make sure you visit. And uh, my final thoughts, coming fresh off of the Mara Santa Cruz uh, press conference today in L.A., Mara was talking a bunch of mess saying that Santa Cruz hasn't fought anybody but C-level opposition. True. And now he's going to fight a real fighter. Okay. But my takeaway is don't have a damn press conference in July in Los Angeles. It was hot as hell out there. I think everybody was going to wither up and die. But it looked real cool. So with that, I thank the gentleman for joining me again. This has been another installment of The Ruckus. Always a pleasure to entertain you on Tuesday nights. I'm going to make my way home from out in the field. Hopefully the police won't chase me down. And that's our show. 